Hi, this is John, by the way, and today I'm looking at John chapters 14 through 17. I mean, those are the chapters in the Come Follow Me manual. I want to look really at one verse, and it's because I think it's so important, and that is John 14, 15. And it's a super short verse. Let me see. Eight words? No. Seven words? If you love me, keep my commandments. Commandments are not a very popular thing in the world. Nobody likes to be commanded <laughs> to do something or forced to do something. And the very idea of commandments is hard for some people to accept because they want freedom and choice and things like that. But we have to look at commandments differently, the way that God intended them when he gave them to us. And that's what I want to talk about this a little bit for. In fact, I don't remember how many years ago, but you know how the, the youth have a theme every year. The theme was John fourteen fifteen. if you love me, keep my commandments. I actually did a CD, remember those? For Desert Book, I just saw a stack of them on sale at Siegel Book. So I know they're, they didn't, it, my talk didn't do that well. But I want to share parts of it from you because I thought there were some profound things that I shared, even if I didn't share it very well. But I know how to quote people. So in October of 2015, Sister Carol Stevens, who was the first counselor in the Relief Society General Presidency, told this story about her oldest daughter who brought her third daughter home from the hospital. And Sister Stevens said, I went to her home to help. After getting her oldest daughter off to school, I decided what Jen needed most was a rest. So I thought, I'll take Chloe with me, she said, so that mom and newborn sister could have some quiet time at home. So this is the funny story. I buckled Chloe into the car seat, secured my own seatbelt, drove out of the driveway. However, before we reached the end of the street, Chloe had unbuckled her seatbelt and was standing up looking over my shoulder and talking to me. I pulled the car over to the side of the road, got out, buckled her back into the car seat. We started again, but had only gone a short distance when she was out of her seat again. I repeated the same steps this time before I could even get back into the car and fasten my own seatbelt. Chloe was already standing up. I found myself sitting in a car, parked on the side of the road, having a power struggle with a three-year-old, and she was winning, <laughs> Sister Stevens said. I used every idea I could think of. To convince her that remaining fastened in her car seat was a good idea. She was not convinced. I finally decided to try the if-then approach. I said, Chloe, if you stay buckled in your car seat, then as soon as we get to Grandma's, we can play with Play-Doh. No response. So I tried, Chloe, if you'll stay buckled in your car seat, then we can make bread when we get to Grandma's house. So she went from Play-Doh to real dough. No response. I tried again, Chloe. If you stay buckled in your seat, then we can stop at the market for a treat. After three attempts, I realized this was a futile exercise, Sister Stephen said. She was determined, and no amount of it then was enough to convince her to remain fastened in her seat. We couldn't spend the day sitting on the edge of the road, but I wanted to be obedient to the law. And, of course, it wasn't safe to drive with Chloe standing up. I offered a silent prayer and heard the Spirit whisper, Teach her. I turned to face her and pulled my seatbelt away from my body so she could see it. I said, Chloe, I am wearing this seatbelt because it will protect me. 
but you aren't wearing your seatbelt and you won't be safe. And I will be sad if you get hurt. She looked at me. I could almost see the wheels turning in her little mind as I waited anxiously for her response. Finally, her big blue eyes brightened and she said, Grandma, you want me to wear my seatbelt because you love me. The spirit filled the car as I expressed my love for this precious little girl. I didn't want to lose that feeling, but I knew it had an opportunity, so I got out, secured her in the car seat, then I asked Chloe, will you please stay in your car seat? And she did, all the way to the market for a treat. And she stayed buckled all the way from the market to my home, where we made bread and played with Play-Doh because Chloe did not forget. As I drove back onto the road that day, a scripture filled my mind, If ye love me, keep my commandments. We have rules to teach, guide, and protect children. Why? Because of the great love we have for them. But until Chloe understood that my desire for her to remain securely fastened in her car seat was, it was because of my love for her, she was unwilling to submit to what she considered a restriction. She felt her seatbelt limited her freedom. Like Chloe, we can choose to see commandments as limitations. We may feel at times that God's laws restrict our personal freedom, take from us our agency and limit our growth. But as we seek for greater understanding, as we allow Heavenly Father to teach us, we begin to see His laws are a manifestation of His love for us, and obedience to His laws is an expression of our love for Him. Okay, love the story. In fact, I looked at it, I took it apart. First, she said, buckling up is a good idea. Okay, it's the right thing to do. Okay, that didn't work. So she offered a reward, Play-Doh. That didn't work. She offered to make bread, real dough. That didn't work. She offered a treat at the market. That didn't work. Then she taught her about bad consequences and said, I would be so sad if you were hurt. The motive there was love. If ye love me, keep my commandments. That is hard for some people to see when they have been taught in this world. It's all about freedom and do what you want to do and you do you and all that sort of thing. Instead of looking to God and asking, how do you want me to live? That very idea is contained in three words. Let God prevail. The way President Nelson put it is that Missionaries are looking for those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. So this idea of, if you love me, keep my commandments, is about if we love God and are willing to let him prevail. I remember as a young father, I had a daughter who was super interested in the dishwasher whenever we had it open. Now, if your dishwasher is like mine, there is a silverware tray in the bottom, and that's sometimes where you put knives and things that are dangerous for a kid. Now, if, if a child, if a toddler runs up and grabs a knife and starts running around the house, do you let them? Do you say, well, they have their agency? Or do you say no and chase them and take the knife away? They may not even understand why you're doing it. But your motive is you could fall on that knife, you could stab yourself, you could cut your hand. You're doing it out of love. They may not understand it. And I think that the more we grow 
in the gospel, the more we see that commandments are such a protection. We avoid so much hurt, heartache, and sorrow when we keep the commandments. In fact, I think we could restate, if you love me, keep my commandments like this. If you love you, keep my commandments, because <laughs> you'll save yourself so many problems. The consequences of not keeping commandments are so bad that I think keeping the commandments is the easiest way to live. Now, I'm choosing my words carefully. I didn't say it was an easy way to live because life is hard no matter what. But it's easier than going through the consequences of not living the commandments. So here, Jesus gives that if he love me, the kind of an if-then, then, that then isn't really there, it's implied, then keep my commandments. Because it will save you so many problems, so much heartache. In October of 2021, Elder D. Todd Christofferson gave a talk called The Love of God. And in that talk, he said, in acknowledging that God loves us perfectly, we might ask, how well do I love God? Can he rely on my love as I rely on his? Would it not be a worthy aspiration to live so that God can love us, not just in spite of our failings, but also because of what we are becoming? Oh, that he could say of you and me, as he said of Hiram Smith, for example, I, the Lord, love him because of the integrity of his heart. That's Doctrine and Covenants section 124, verse 15. Let us remember John's kind admonition. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. That's from one of John's epistles, 1 John 5, 3. We're not there yet, and come follow me, but we'll get there. His commandments are not grievous. They're not hard. They're not, in fact, they're liberating. Continuing with Elder Christofferson, Indeed, his commandments are not grievous, just the opposite. They mark the path of healing, happiness, peace, and joy. Our Father and our Redeemer have blessed us with commandments. And in obeying their commandments, we feel their perfect love more fully and more profoundly. I think that sometimes the way that the Lord says, I love you, is by telling us he loves us. I love you. But I think... Another way of saying I love you is thou shalt not, because it will save us so many problems and save us so much hurt. I'd love to tell the young people, if somebody ever teases you about your standards, you could try the if everybody rule. Well, what if everybody kept the word of wisdom? How different would the world be? What would happen to drunk driving? What would happen to a lot of emphysema? Maybe not all of it, but if nobody smoked, what would happen if everybody kept that? You don't need to be embarrassed about that. It, it would be amazing. Now, the, if everybody, that's, that's a hypothetical that's never going to happen, but it's logical. What if everybody kept the word of wisdom? What would how would the world be different? What if everybody kept the law of chastity? What would happen? Broken hearts, broken homes. You don't have to be embarrassed about the law of chastity. It, it would save a lot of problems. That's why I think it's if you love you, keep the commandments, because your life's going to be easier when you don't have to deal with the consequences of, of bad choices. 
and we all make them, and repentance is available, but don't be embarrassed about the commandments. They're, they're great. They're, they're guidelines for life that'll save a lot of problems. Now, one of the things I included in my John 14, 15 talk that Desert Book published that is on the sale table is this little place called Skagway in Alaska. It's a town I visited often because it's part of an Alaska cruise. And I remember running into the branch president of the Skagway branch, and he told me that 90% of the summer tour guides and bus drivers in Skagway are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was like, what? Because all they have is a branch there, but in the summer it bulges. Well, the fact is they go down to BYU-Idaho and they recruit like crazy. Come up for the summer, you can drive a bus, you can work in one of these little stores, you can drive a smaller van, take tours around, and learn to, to talk to people about the sites that they're seeing. And if you ever go to Skagway, you know, carry, carry a Leona magazine or something, or, or wear a BYU hat or something, and people will, and some of these young people will find you. So, you know, therefore, if you want employment, keep my commandments, right? So the branch president told me, because I asked him, that's a fascinating stat. Why is it that 90% are members? And he said, okay, number one, they're sober. Thank you, word of wisdom. Number two, they can pass a drug test so they can be employed. Thank you again, word of wisdom. Number three, they have a strong work ethic. Thank you, mom and dads everywhere. And that's why they recruit heavily out of BYU, Idaho. That is one of the fruits of the gospel. You don't need to be embarrassed about that. And it's not that we came up with it. It's that God did and gave us these commandments to save us so many problems and to result in some really great consequences. Now, President Boyd K. Packer, in a book called That All May Be Edified, page 255, talked about this idea of people thinking that if you keep commandments that you have no freedom or something. This is what he said, President Packer, I am free and I'm very jealous of my independence. I'm quick to declare my independence and my freedom. Choice among my freedoms is my freedom to be obedient. I obey because I want to. I choose to. Some people are always suspicious that one is only obedient because he's compelled to be. They indict themselves with the very thought that one is only obedient because he is compelled to be. They feel that one would obey only through compulsion. They speak for themselves. I am free to be obedient, and I decided that all by myself. I pondered on it. I reasoned it. I even experimented a little. I learned some sad lessons from disobedience. Then I tested it in the great laboratory of spiritual inquiry, the most sophisticated, accurate, and refined test we can make of any principle. So I'm not hesitant to say that I want to be obedient to the principles of the gospel. I want to. I have decided that. My volition, my agency has been turned in that direction. Sometimes we talk about having a, a mighty change of heart. And I think an evidence of that is instead of having a, I can't do that attitude, it becomes more of a, I don't want to do that. I choose not to do that. I don't really want to do that. 
And the commandments, therefore, become a pathway to happiness, a guideline to happiness. In one of the last verses of King Benjamin's first part of his speech, Mosiah 2.41, he said, I would desire you should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. In other words, look at the fruits. For behold, they are blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual. And if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven, that thereby they may dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. Oh, remember, remember that these things are true, for the Lord God hath spoken it. How did that start again? Consider the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. Now, does this mean there's no, they have no trials? Nope. Doesn't mean that. No problems, no ups and downs? Nope, you'll have all of that. But there's a peace, a peace that comes from striving to keep the commandments, from showing up at that sacrament table, and from telling the Lord that you love him. And if we love him, we're going to keep his commandments. At least we're going to strive to, we're going to try to. So to me, that verse, in a time when commandments are not real popular, or even talking about commandments, some people, oh, that's so legalistic. Well, actually, it's brilliant because it'll save us so many problems to keep the commandments. And our best motive for it, not out of reward, not out of fear of punishment, but because we love God and He loves us. Well, I hope this has been helpful, and we'll talk to you next time. 